0: That was awesome, wasn't it? I <laughs> yeah, love to hear from the kids and moms. Happy Mother's Day, whether you're a mom, daughter, or a aunt, or a niece, or a sister, or a friend, or a grandma, granddaughter. We celebrate you, and then with as much uh, manliness, men as we can, would you cheer our, our ladies, the godly women amongst us, on? So thankful for you all so much. And in the same way, we always love to welcome everybody into the room. If you're in the center with us or if you're online, we welcome you. Let's welcome them into the room as well. So glad you guys are here with us. Happy Mother's Day. You know, as we, uh, oh, by the way, I need to mention, uh, ladies, got a gift for you in the lobby. Don't leave without it today. You'll be glad that you stopped off after the service is over. But we continue on in this series. Nathan began the series a couple of weeks ago, and it was just an incredible moment to look at the struggles that saints go through, and not only in the Bible, but making the application for all of us. And if you were with us last weekend, didn't Orpheus do a tremendous job of helping us understand about temptation? He sure did. (laughs) Understanding that, that uh, it's kind of when weakness and opportunity come together. And uh, let me tell you, uh, not only was it a great sermon, but I got to get one of them jackets like he had last week. That was cool. I don't think I could pull it off, but boy, it really was great. Great having him with us last weekend. Well, the topic we look at today on the struggle is Anxiety. And we'll look at that in a biblical way to understand the story of Mary and Martha here on Mother's Day. Uh, And we'll look in Luke chapter 10. You can turn to that if you want to, but that passage will be on the screen as well. But anxiety, stress, and worry, and all those things are things that we will struggle with in our lifetime. And certainly all throughout Scripture, we find that to be true. Now, Paul tells the church uh, uh, there in the book of Philippians chapter four, he says, here's what you need to do when you're all stressed out. When anxiety is just a, really overtaking you and he said rejoice in the Lord let me say it again he drives that home rejoice he said the Lord is near and he says don't be anxious about anything but pray about everything Peter in his first letter chapter 5 said cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you now that's very easy to say but it's really hard for us to do Uh, Mary and Martha in the scripture we'll find today, they had three different encounters. We'll only look at one. We'll look at the one about hospitality. Later on in John chapter 11, it was when their brother Lazarus had died and they had to deal with grief and their belief. Later on in John chapter 12, it's this beautiful moment where you see both Mary and Martha, they find their own lane. Lazarus does too. He's hanging with Jesus reclining. He's been raised from the dead. And now Martha fixes dinner and Mary has this incredible moment of worship. After everything is over, she pours the perfume out on Jesus' feet, kind of anoints him before uh, the time of his crucifixion and burial. Judas, one of the 12, who was really the uh, treasure of, the, of the, the disciples, he complains about that, and Jesus corrects him, lets him know, uh, please don't say you're going to use it on the poor or you haven't used anything on the poor. The Bible says he would pilfer, he would skim and take off. So Jesus is always about telling the truth in a worshipful moment, in a stressful moment, in a joyful moment, whatever it is, he's able to do that. But the story that we look at today was when Mary and Martha had Jesus and his disciples over for dinner and it turned into a stressful moment. I remember hearing a story as a kid, kind of those preacher stories that you'd hear growing up in church about a family, they wanted to have the minister over for supper one time and they had them over and they had a few other folks there and the mom had really worked hard to get everything just right for the dinner and the rolls are finally done, they're coming out of the oven and she just kind of gives a sigh of relief, Oh, I'm glad everything is going to work out. Glad you all could be with us. And she said, now, rather than before we eat, asking the minister to pray, you always are asked to pray. She said, I'm going to ask our little son, Johnny. Johnny, he's only six years old. Would you mind to say the prayer, Johnny? And Johnny looks at his mom and says, no, I don't want to do that. She said, oh, come on. It can be just a short prayer. Said, no, mom, I, I don't know what to say. Then she made the mistake of saying, Johnny, just pray a prayer that you've heard me pray before sometime. Okay, you know, you could be in trouble at that point. So all of a sudden, Johnny says, okay, let's bow our head, close our eyes. He said, good Lord, why in the world have we invited all these people over here today? (laughs) Amen, all right? Now, the the prayer that Johnny had was very much the prayer that Martha had that we'll look in the scripture. Take a look with me, if you will, in Luke chapter 10. It'll appear on the screen. Let's read it together. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village, where a woman named Martha welcomed him into into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, "'Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you "'that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? "'Tell her to come and help me.'" But the Lord said to her, "'My dear Martha, you're worried and upset "'over all these details.'" There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it'll not be taken away from her. In Derby language, Jesus said, Martha, you backed the wrong horse, okay? You put all your stock into the event and all this, and and really, Mary's chosen the thing that's going to be such an impact upon her. Now, let's take a moment and examine what happened. Jesus and his disciples are on their way to to Jerusalem. It's kind of a stopover. Martha initiates the welcome, brings them on in. Now, we don't really know, did he do call-ahead seating, or did Jesus just kind of show up and knock and say, uh, Jesus, party of 13, non-smoking, you know? Do Do you have a room with a view? You know, how did he do that? We really don't know, and it doesn't matter, but there are two postures, the posture of Martha as a worker and the posture of Mary as a worshiper, and you get to see the contrast in the two. Martha got distracted by the details. She interrupts Jesus in the teaching, and Jesus lovingly but firmly responds. Now, to look at the profile a little bit, I'd have to say I think that Martha served and sweat while Mary sat and soaked. If you want to take it a little bit further to analyze that, see that Martha had a sense of justice. This isn't fair. This isn't right. I'm doing all the work. While Mary was caught up in a sense of wonder, the house could have caught on fire and she wouldn't have even known because she was hanging on the words of Jesus. If I had to put a caption over Martha, it would be, Mary, get off the couch and help me. If you put a caption over Mary's head, it would be, Martha, get on your knees and worship him. Now Martha was what we would call an activist and Mary a contemplative. Now that's the language of a fellow named Gary Thomas has a book called Sacred Pathways. And in his book, he says that we all have one of nine predominant ways of, uh, of pathway, the way we relate to God. Some people just love, they feel the presence of God outdoors. Other people just don't want to be outdoors at all. Uh, Martha just she couldn't wait to do something for God and, and Mary just couldn't wait to hear from the next uh, word or teaching that Jesus would have. Now, I want to ask three questions today on Mother's Day as we try to apply this to our life and realize that we are saints like all the other saints and believers that struggle at times. Number 1, why was Martha upset and what was her downfall? In other words, she seemed to do okay for a while. I'm a little upset. Uh, it's one thing to kind of gripe about, about your sister. It's another thing to ask Jesus to interrupt. Well, the problem was it wasn't just the potatoes that were boiling over. All right. Martha was boiling over. And I don't know if they said, look, uh, I'll cook you, uh, you clean or, well, no, let's both do a little bit of each. I don't know if they had a plan. But because of either a wrong plan that Mary didn't follow, according to Martha, or no plan at all, resentment seemed to kick in. And here's what she did. And this is what you and I have to be careful of doing at times. Number one is she compared. And after she compared her and and Mary's involvement in the whole thing, she criticized. And then after she criticized, she couldn't stop there, she coerced. Would you say those three words with me? Compared, criticized, and coerced. One leads to the other but you see Jesus takes care of that he makes sure that uh, he interrupts the whole thing long before seeing any Andy Griffith of Andy and Barney he knew the whole thing is I better nip it in the bud Andy nip it in the bud you know he's going to have to make sure that he stops Martha and fortunately Martha appeals to Jesus and he interrupts that but she had already kind of begun the comparison anytime you and I compare ourselves to somebody else we're going to either think well okay we're a little bit better or we're a lot better Or we're going to think, boy, we're not doing so good. And we're either going to become critical of them or critical of ourselves. But she moved on to coercing. She asked Jesus to interrupt a moment, and he did. How did they get from welcoming Jesus to scolding a sibling and shaming her? Well, I think one thing that we'll need to be aware of as well, she let her opportunity become her obsession. See, sometimes in life when we have a sense of entitlement or self-absorption, that can creep in on us. And we think, all right, this this is kind of my chance. And next thing you know, we won't let go of that. We don't hold it loosely in our hands and realize this is a gift from God. Her opportunity to serve Jesus, to help Jesus, and dare I say, impress Jesus became an obsession. It could have been just a nice break, a little refuge where they looked back and said, man, wasn't that neat just hanging out with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus on our way to Jerusalem? Rather, they said, oh boy, you don't want to cross her, you know, make sure that we're in line on that. Could have been a nice break, a snack, and a spiritual refuge and back on the road. But at some point, the event all became about Martha, not about Jesus. You see, sometimes when we know what we think ought to happen and we give Jesus a to-do list, He doesn't always say, oh, I'll get right on that. I've left the Lord a to-do list on my refrigerator many times. Say, God, I'm planning on doing this. How many have ever just said, God, I need you to do this preferably before noon? Anybody ever give them a list? Yeah, Yeah, we could just, I I need you to take care. I'll try my best, but boy, you got to take care of that. And what happens within her life is Martha, she tried to turn her agenda into Jesus's mission rather than let Jesus recruit her. She recruited him to fix this, take care of this, and, and let, let everybody know this isn't my fault, that things aren't getting done. You know, I remember years ago, we made a move in ministry, and I, I, I hadn't really, well, it wasn't that we rushed into it, but I just don't think we weighed everything out. And I almost did that refrigerator list thing saying, God, I need you to do this. We're going to be doing this. Please bless this, you know, rather than saying, God, is this really what you want us to do? Well, we thought about it and prayed about it, but for some reason, I'm not sure we had the complete sense of peace about it, but we kind of went ahead. and, And in the next five years, we aged 10 years, okay? Or at least I did. On behalf of our family, I did, it's something about when we run ahead of Jesus we run ahead of him and tell him what we're going to do and expect him to take care of that and fix that and then get frustrated with those around us and even him if it doesn't come about when we did it with the right heart and the right reason in in our hearts then sometimes we get really confused and that's kind of where Martha was but Jesus always redirects he pulls things together he, he does the Romans 8.28 that we've heard so many times uh, that he works all things together for good, and he does the Romans 8.29 so that he might conform us to the image of his son. He wants to make us more like him. So Martha, Martha had some anxiety, much like we do, because I think she just kind of ran ahead of Jesus. Now, let's take a look at Mary for a moment. Why was Mary so drawn to the words of Jesus? Like a TV show you got to record, see the next episode, what's going to happen, how's it going to end this season, or a book that you can't put down. Why was she so drawn to that? Well, let me say, she just was. She just was drawn to every word that Jesus had to say. And to get to hear it, she countered the culture around her she countered the culture to do it wasn't appropriate for a woman back then to crash the man cave and listen to what the rabbis telling his followers but she was drawn to honesty integrity spiritual purity and she saw that in Jesus much like we do as well and she risked the reprimand Jesus could have said look you know the rules you know in the kitchen he didn't do that she probably thought maybe the 12 are going to just say, well, they told a bunch of little kids to get out of Jesus' way the other day, which they did, and Jesus had to correct them and say, no, let them come to me. She took that moment and that risk because of the words that she heard from Jesus. And if there's anything that's going to change our level of anxiety, it will be the simple, profound, powerful, powerful Impacting, freeing, affirming, honest, confronting all of those and more words. Of Jesus. I love a story in John chapter 6. Jesus has been teaching. A lot of people are there. Hadn't been long ago that he fed the 5,000. Everybody said, hey, we're going to Mike Lennox. Want to come? This is great. And they got a fish sandwich and they, wow, this is awesome. They even had leftovers. So they're following and more people come and more people come. And he's teaching and he realizes that they're kind of here to see what I'm going to feed them today. And he drills down a little bit more and teaches on a deeper level. And he has a phrase in teaching them that any literary uh, teacher would tell you is, is acceptable in a class. It's called hyperbole. It's exaggeration, but it's understood. It's just to make a point. And he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will have no life within you. And he wasn't saying anything literal, but he was saying, you can't pick and choose with me. You can't say, oh, yeah, love your neighbor. and eh, don't commit adultery. Don't worry about that. Don't lie. Eh, there's certain times you got to do that. He's saying you can't pick and choose. All of me or none of me. And after he said that, some people said in the crowd, wow, that's a tough one. That's hard to figure out. What in the world is he talking about? Do you get that? I don't get that. What? And it became frustrating. By the way, when are we going to eat around here? Is he, what do you think we're going to have? And people started to leave. And they left, and they left, and they left, and they didn't continue to follow. And all of a sudden, in the moment of this desertion, in John chapter 6, Jesus looks at his disciples. And he very lovingly, freeingly, vulnerably says, do you want to leave too? You want to leave too? I love love Peter. He, he, He steps up and he speaks up. And you won't find it in your Bible. You won't find it even in the Greek language. But I hear it in the background. When Jesus says, Do you want to leave too? Peter just goes, I mean, it's just right there. Rhetorical question. Don't turn to your neighbor, but go ahead straight towards me and go, All right. Now apologize to the person in front of you, okay? (laughs) Peter just has this moment of, You kidding me? You're giving us the gate, letting us take off. We don't want to take off. Here's what he said. Lord, he says, Lord, where would we go? There is no other place we'd want to be. He said, where would we go? We believe that you have the words, the words that Mary was hanging on, the words of Jesus that we need to hang on. We believe you have the words of life and you are the holy and anointed one of God. You're the Savior. You're the Messiah. We're not going anywhere. You see, there's a moment in our life that we have to decide how important is the word of God because life will mow us over, and you and I will be filled with all sorts of everything we've talked about so far in the series. All sorts of troubles, all sorts of temptations, and all sorts of stress and anxiety. But Mary found these words relieving all the anxiety she'd ever had before, and she couldn't walk away. Here's another thing she did she let her obsession become her opportunity. You see, when else would she get a chance like this? Peter had to go fishing to get to see Jesus the first time. Zacchaeus had to climb a tree to get to see Jesus. Nicodemus, a Pharisee, he had to book Jesus at night when nobody's around, but not Mary. Mary says, he's right in my living room. I ain't going to the kitchen. I'm going to stay right here. And she made Jesus's mission her agenda rather than the other way around you see there comes a time when we say okay Lord I don't think I've got my whole life figured out here I want to make whatever your mission is I want to make that mine and I'm going to let yours become mine rather than me try to make you inherit mine Jesus doesn't want to pay that inheritance tax of every little thought and whim that we have now the renew conference we had a week ago uh, uh, Saturday it was a great time had about 400 folks here uh, over in the West Auditorium and, and uh, it was a great time one of the things that this kind of renew group, the movement of helping to make disciples and make sure that's the priority for us, what they try to do is their, their language articulation says, here's what happens times, many times in the church, is we're all concerned about some people coming to faith, and, and they enter into the saving relationship with God through Jesus Christ, just like we celebrate, and they come to faith. But sometimes we just kind of yippee tie yo going to heaven, see you there, and we forget about it. And we don't enter into the deepening transformation. How do I become more like him? So their their emphasis is, let's not stop at salvation. That's great. Let's move to transformation and move on from there to joining the mission of Jesus. That's what he wants us to do. And sometimes we do celebrate too early. But we want to urge everyone on, not just moms today, not just ladies, all of us, Because making an impression on Jesus, as Martha tried to do, is very different from having an impression of Jesus like Mary tried to do. Martha just got a little confused like we all do. She just needed a little more spiritual formation I, I love anytime i'll preach i'll get a chance to talk to a few other friends i got a chance to talk to neil windham good friend here and make sure i'm catching the greek right and my friend john walker uh blessing ranch ministry he's a psychologist been a great friend for years help me think this through and they gave some good thoughts and insights into this whole thing one thing that uh, neil shared with me is that the actual phrase at the end of this passage where jesus says what what mary has chosen uh can't be taken away from her. I've thought for years that meant, oh, this is something she'll remember. We'll forget what we ate, Martha, but we'll never forget the words, no, 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 no. He was saying that and something much deeper. In that language, in the Greek, it was literally saying she can't be cut off from this. In other words, you can beg, you can holler, you can plead, you can throw the spatula and hit me in the head with a rolling pin, Martha, it doesn't matter, This opportunity will not be taken away from her. That's powerful. So what's the Mother's Day app? What's the application in all this? Let me suggest three things. Number one is worship will always be greater than working, but both Are necessary. So don't ever get caught in comparing your tendencies and giftedness. Without uh, contemplative people like Mary, there would be no worship songs really sung or written very often. And without activists like Martha, there would be no ministry initiatives taken. Ladies, today, as we celebrate the womanhood in the body of Christ and Mother's Day, as as people do all throughout the country, please be who God is has made you to be and become who God is helping you to become that is so important because in your serving and in your seeking both are really needed but never let the serving overshadow so much the seeking of Jesus in your heart now number two is to sit at the feet of Jesus as often as you can it's easy for the Mary types a little more challenging for the Martha types They both respond to anxiety and stress a little bit differently. But find your time with him. Invest your time with him. Enjoy your time with him. Share your time with him. Develop that time. Sit at the feet of Jesus with your kids and with your grandkids. And let him not only shape your heart, but those tender hearts around you. The third thing is put Jesus at the center of your table. So everybody will have access to him. We do pretty good at setting the table here at Northside. I love the theme that we picked out over a couple of years ago for this last campaign of be people who set the table for others. But when you set the table, Make sure that Jesus is in the center, not the centerpiece where everybody can say, oh, isn't Jesus lovely today? Oh, no, you put him right in the center where he can reach and his words can touch and his arms can bring us all in together. There's no one more inclusive than Jesus. Make sure everybody can hear him and see him and sense his presence. A fellow who used to preach in Lexington... Kentucky passed away a few years ago. Wayne Smith, don't know if you've ever heard him. Good friends with Bob Russell, they would share a back and forth. He'd come southeast, Bob would go over to Southland and preach there. I remember hearing Wayne uh, almost all my life. I, I'll never forget a sermon and a poem and a joke that he told uh, when I was 15 years old at a youth conference over in St. Louis. Wayne was really funny, but boy, he was very passionate and he had an ability to just condense things down. <laughs> the first jerk joke I ever heard uh, Wayne Smith tell was he was telling uh, back then here I'm a sophomore in high school still can remember it he says a uh, lady love country music she got uh, heard, heard a song on the radio wanted to hear it got on the phone and called the radio station asking if they would play it again she got on the phone and said hey I want to know do you, do you got 10 little fingers and 10 little toes down in Mississippi good country song and uh, she didn't get the radio station she got the plumber by mistake okay So the plumber says, "Uh, no, but I got a wife and eight kids in Arkansas. (laughs) She said, is that a record? He said, no, but it's above average, you know. (laughs) And then he would preach. He'd tell a joke, and then he'd preach. Then he'd tell another joke, and he'd preach. And then he'd tell a poem. But I'll never forget the poem that is so applicable for this moment right now. He would, And it was usually at minister's meetings when he'd just get all fiery and sweat and tell us what we needed to do. And it's a simple poem. Preach the gospel, brother preach it. Preach it high where folks can teach it, but preach it low where all can reach it. So preach the gospel, brother. Preach He was just saying, keep Jesus at the center of your table. And moms, the more he can be, not the centerpiece, but the center of our existence and our table together, that's better. Now more than ever in our culture, do people need to hear the true words in context of what Jesus has to say to us, make him accessible. Now, the last question is, so what's it like, really? What is it like to sit at the feet of Jesus? I mean, what do we hear? Well, you you hear words, words from the Bible. You hear what Jesus says has to say remember that song uh, by uh, I think it was uh, Ronnie Dunn of Brooks and Dunn went off on his own and did a song called believe years ago I love that song and it's just simply saying "I, I I raise my hand and I bow my head I'm finding more and more truth in the words written in red he's just saying the words of Jesus make more sense all the time When we sit at the feet of Jesus, it becomes a holy moment. Jesus told the devil when he said, hey, won't you turn those stones into bread? No, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Allow it to be a holy moment. Now, last night, a lot of people were surprised at the derby. Boy, a lot of people were surprised at the Derby on all that. I, I, uh, I, what I have at the end is we close our time here. And you know what it means when I say uh, this is the closing thing. It, it doesn't mean much. It means I'm trying. I, I'm trying, okay? But, but the Derby, I found, typically takes about two minutes and seven seconds, something like that. And I was timing these scriptures and I had 45 to begin with, cut it down to 30. And as we go through these 30 little phrases, little phrases, fill in the blanks. It took... Two minutes and seven seconds. So you could run the derby like this, all right? We want to get out of the gate, but we'll come home and get down to the wire. But I want to do this as we end our time together simply saying the words of Jesus. But the reason there's a fill-in blank is because I think you know the words of Jesus far better than you think you do. And you need to be reminded that his word, for the most part... Many phrases he said, oh, you may not be able to tell you exactly where it is. I probably can't tell you the exact reference where they are. That's not the main thing. The main thing is, do we have the words of Jesus in our heart? Can we access them? Can we say them before one another? Can we encourage one another with them? So dive in with me as we come out of the gate. Let me hear you as we talk through them. You say them right along with me, and I'll back away when we get to the fill in a little bit, and it will be frustrating for those online, but we'll try to say it if we can, but you pretty well know it anyway. Let's begin. I guarantee you, only a couple of minutes. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Don't let your hearts be. Do unto others as you'd have them. Do unto you. Feed my sheep. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of? Get thee behind me, Satan. I am the vine, and you are the? We're out of the gate, all right? I am the way, the truth, and the? I and the Father are? If you've done it to the least of these, my brothers, you've done it unto me. I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. Let the little children come unto me. Love one another as I have loved you. My house will be a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. My kingdom is not of this world. No man can serve two masters. O ye of little faith, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Take up your cross and follow me. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the homestretch, today You'll be with me in paradise. Upon this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. With God, all things are possible. And down to the wire, you are the light of the, you are the salt of the, you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And that is his calling for us today. Amen. Amen. And the more we simply remind one another of the words of Jesus, the more we'll determine, okay, now where's that? Okay, what's the context? And we'll be able to share the words of Jesus. So as we close, would you sing an old song, an old hymn that pretty well sums up what our experience at the feet of Jesus ought to be. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, woe for grace to trust him may we hang on every word that he says may we mean every song that we sing to him and I promised the folks out in the lobby I'd give them a little warning when you're on your way so God bless you and they're off okay (laughs) have a great Mother's Day Derby weekend we'll see you